0: Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to the Sacred Garden. I hope that wherever you are in in the world, in time, in space, that you are enjoying your day or your night, Um, that if you just had dinner, you are nourished. If you're having a walk, you're enjoying being outside. Or if you're not having such a great day, I hope that leaning into this space is going to give you an opportunity to focus on something else Uh, and I hope that I can also share with you something new that you can take away. Um, I totally forgot at the, uh, end of my last episode to let you know that, um, I provided my Instagram link, uh, in the description of this podcast. So if you'd love to connect with me, uh, that's where you can find me. Um, I do post photos of my travels, Of I love taking photos of flowers and being in nature, so I like to post that as well, Uh, as well as uh, inspirational quotes that I pick up uh, through my Instagram feed from uh, the different followers and healers that I uh, follow. Um, And also my own sort of little channeled messages that I post on my Twitter uh, that I bring across to Instagram. So I'd love to have you there uh, if you feel like that's a place that you'd like to connect with me. So let's jump into it. Uh, Today we are going to look a bit at self-awareness and what does that really mean? Uh, It's sort of one of those things that when you think about it, it can be very broad, but if you actually look at it, it is quite succinct. Uh, When we talk about self-awareness, we're talking about our ability to consciously reflect on our behaviors, uh, our character traits, and our own points of view to help us understand how it shapes the way we experience our realities. Uh, So what does that actually look like is me taking a moment and taking a step back to look at myself objectively. I mean, looking at yourself objectively is not the easiest thing. We are beings, subjective beings. We are living in our experience. But as you develop tools to be more self-aware, You learn to distance yourself from yourself in an effort to understand yourself better. It's almost like you're looking at yourself with a little bit of a lens in a specific way to enable you to move in a direction that fulfills your desire to evolve. Uh, This became something for me that I learnt uh, much earlier in my 20s Um, I did a degree in media and cultural studies and, uh, cultural studies was something for me that at the time I had no idea about. I was just like, this looks interesting. Um, I want to jump into it. I wanted to do performance as well. So there were a lot of, uh, cultural subjects, cultural studies subjects that looked at performance under a theoretical lens. And so I jumped into it. I was like, if I'm going to go to university, I might as well do something I love. Um, what I came to learn from cultural studies that it was very much about looking at the way in which we frame and frame ourselves and the world through cultural and social practices. And a big thing that it taught me is that we are not who we are. We are ourselves. Now, let me unpack that for a second, because that sounds very confusing. What it means is that we are not the identities that we create for ourselves or that are created for us. We are something so much deeper than that. It really sort of helped me to understand that there are so many frameworks out there that are in acting together, political, social, economic, cultural, that impact the way that I navigate the world based on the way that the world sees me. And in many ways I, through my own education growing up, where I grew up, who I grew up around, um, the economic situation, the political situation when I grew up, they all have an influence on how I see myself and how I embody many facets of my identity that I have learnt are who I am. But that's where self-awareness comes in and tells me, okay, cool, this is how people have told me to see myself, but that's not who I really am. And that's not who I resonate with. And so developing self-awareness can really help you to change the way in which you experience your life. Um, If we relate this back to being on a healing journey, it can really help you to develop a perception of the narratives and behaviors that are no longer serving your evolution as a conscious soul. Um, It looks at the fact that maybe you learned something when you were 10 years old. You learned a certain way to do something. And it's something that you have done the same way for years years and years and years and years and years then you realize like 10 years later, you're like, why am I doing this this way? It's, this doesn't speak to who I am anymore. I mean, you think about it, think about technological advancements. If in my head, I am living my life as an iPhone one, when I have an iPhone 12, I'm not going to be able to do the things I need to do in the most efficient way because my modalities are outdated. They don't speak to my current environment. And so I need to learn, and this is a whole other skill in itself to be adaptable to change. When you are self-aware, you are able to lean into that journey of unlearning that time and place, who you were in that time and place, and honouring where you are in your current environment so that as you move forward, you move forward from this space, not from being anchored to a past time or a past timeline that no longer assists you in where you want to go. I just think it's so, so, so important to be updating your skill set. I mean, you think about it, if you want to go for a new job and you don't yet fit maybe the criteria you're looking for, and it's something you're really passionate about, you're going to go out there and you're going to go, okay, what skills do I need to have in order to achieve this? And you're going to get the education you need, the training you need, and push yourself out of your comfort zone so that you can grow as a person. And so I think that's it's so important for us to do that in our everyday lives and within ourselves and peel away some of those layers so that we can allow new things to come in. You think about the fact that if your cup is full, you can't pour anything else into there. It's going to overflow and it's going to be chaotic. And so we need to go through this process of peeling, letting go, and rejuvenating our sort of container of what we can carry so that whatever we are carrying, we know is what is serving us, what is helping us grow, what is allowing us to feel stable and safe and anchored so that we can move forward from a place of deep presence and resonance from within. I think also like as you heal, you also begin to understand and and really develop perspective um, in your life around how you relate to others and how others to relate to you by the way they relate to themselves. And we talk a lot about this in, um, spirituality in the way that, in the way that our internal environment is mirrored by our external circumstances And so, what is happening outside of us and how we see what is happening outside of us is a direct reflection of the way in which we see our inner world. This is where, for me, this whole idea of this sacred sanctuary within us, this sacred garden within us, comes about. Because when you have that place of grounded uh, resonance and action within you that you feel connected to, when things happen in your external reality, you will act in a way that is less reactive because your response or your action comes from a place of peace. Um, so I suppose now I want to talk a little bit about how can you be more self-aware? how in what ways can you embody self-awareness? Uh, one really really great way, um, and I'm sure there are many, many spiritual people who will talk about this, uh, but meditation. Meditation really gives you an opportunity to slow down and just connect with your inner voice a little bit more. Meditation is different for everyone. Some people might receive messages uh, from the universe through their meditation. Other people might have things come up from their past for them to look at in a different way. For other people, it might just be about taking time to breathe and relax and not think about anything else. Um, But what meditation can really do is cultivate an inner space for you from which you can begin to self-reflect and where you can really put self-awareness into action. Um, The thing about meditation, and I'm definitely going to talk about this later, is that it looks different for everyone. You've really got to think about the way you meditate as the way that is going to benefit you the best. When I started meditating, I couldn't sit still. I always had, my mind was always, I'm a big overthinker. So I was constantly thinking, thinking, thinking. And so instead I started to do active meditation where I would go for walks and I would just try and be as present in that moment as I could. Not think about what I was going to have for dinner or what I needed to do at work the next day but just be there in my body and enjoying the surroundings. And eventually that led to me being in a place of of slowing down and helping myself to feel comfortable in bringing that chaos down a little bit that's in my head and enjoying and embracing the moment that I can sit and do meditation now. I can lay on the floor and do meditation Different techniques work for different people. So I think it's really about finding a technique that works for you and a time, a length. I'm not, I can't really meditate for super long. I think uh, about 20 minutes for me. Uh, But I couple that with active meditation as well. It just depends on how I'm feeling on the day. I really do this intuitively uh, because I think anything you force yourself to do, you're not going to enjoy and it's not going to be beneficial to you because the whole time you're going to be, uh, I want to say jittery maybe or not concentrating on what is happening and therefore there's just going to be so many distractions so it's just not really worth it. So meditation is definitely a place to start uh, to cultivate uh, a deeper awareness. The other way is uh, through reflection. Uh, I like to do this through journaling. Um, for those who don't know what journaling is, it is uh, this process of it's almost like a diary. Um where you you talk to yourself, or you can just write on the page. It doesn't have to be directed at any one person. Um, and you just sort of free flow your thoughts and your feelings and what's happening internally for you. Um, what it is really great for, and what I've started to do with it is frame it like I'm. I want to say doing a questionnaire uh, where I ask myself very specific questions. So uh, you can start by writing, how am I feeling today? And write everything and anything that comes to your head. Just let it flow. Don't restrict it. Don't judge it. Let whatever comes out, come out. It might be one word. It might be just a whole bunch of random words. It might be you talking about something that happened last week. But that is so important because what it is telling you is in this moment, I am not completely here. A part of me is still anchoring to whatever happened to me seven days ago. And I'm still there. I'm not able to be consciously in this moment because I'm still working through and trying to understand or trying to let go of something that happened to me in a different time and space. And so I think what journaling really does is it brings you to that awareness of hang on a second, I didn't even realize that this was playing out subconsciously or unconsciously within me. Maybe I need to to go here and, and anchor here for a second in whatever is really bothering me so I can allow it to expand, I can allow it to heal, and I can keep moving. Nobody wants to, to be carrying old stuff around with them all the time. Um, it's something I did, and, I mean, we all do it in our own ways, Um, I used to carry a lot of old stuff and I was really scared to let it out and let it go because I had suppressed it for so long I didn't know how it was going to come out. And so this is where journaling gave me that place and space in order to really express myself because whether you want to write or you want to type, I could write whatever I wanted and rip it up and no one will see it. And so there was no shame in having to filter my emotions. It was that raw emotional energy that was just flowing out of me. Um, so what you can do is like if there's like an area of your life that you're like, hey, I, I, I want to I do a bit of work on this area. Maybe uh, you're an overthinker. Um, so you might just say your first question might be like, okay, why do I overthink? And you might write a little bit of that. And then your next question might be, What triggers me to overthink? And then you might write a little bit. And then your next thing might be, in what ways can I be more conscious in my thoughts so that I don't create this chaos in my head? And then you might write something about that. And over time, uh, as you develop in your journaling, you find that you open up more and more and more to the underlying emotions and behaviors that you weren't aware of that are actually playing out to cause, uh, you to act and react in a certain way. Um, so yeah, journaling, I, 100% uh, is something I recommend. There's a lot of, if you go on like, um, Google, there is a lot of different websites that actually have journal prompts. Um, there are apps as well that you can use. One that I use is called day one, and they actually can give you journal prompts. It's something I use on my Mac, um, and I use it on my phone and I, it's really good to like have it, uh, somewhere where you can, is easily accessible because I think you can also do voice notes on there. Um, but I mainly like to type cause I like to read it back. And so if I, if I can feel myself getting to a point where I'm like, I'm thinking about something too much, I go to my phone, I go to my computer and I just type out how I'm feeling in that moment. And in that way, I realize that whatever I'm I'm experiencing right now is just that I'm experiencing it. And there's a reason behind it. And it gives me the power to be able to uncover that so I don't get stuck in it. Um, Another way that you can be more self-aware is really uh, anchoring into listening without the need to respond. And this is a really interesting one because depending on the sort of person you are i know uh with me sometimes i used to be really 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 self-conscious and so i would almost cut people off in a way of feeling like i needed to get my point across because i was worried that they would not think what i had to say was valid and so my energy would come out really chaotic and really sharp and then i'd just be done this is it. I've said what I needed to say. And now you can talk. Um, but I think listening without the need to respond, what it allows you to do is to be an open container for whatever the other person is saying, um, or whatever you are experiencing and not be so reactive in what is happening to you. Of course, there are situations where you need to be reactive. If you're in danger, please look after yourself. Um, And naturally, I mean, your body is going to pump adrenaline into you to get you out of a dangerous situation. But I think sometimes there can be things that people say or do that can make us really angry. And, I mean, anger is a very valid emotion, but I think we also need to look at why am I angry Why is what this person is doing making me angry? What is the deeper story behind that so that I can recognize how to move through this differently if this person was to do this again? How can I ensure that this person does not do this again to me because it's not something I like and it makes me angry? I think with time and with practice, as you learn to listen without the need to respond, you also learn to listen to yourself without the need to create a story on how you're feeling. Sometimes, like, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm a really sensitive person and sometimes I'm just sad. I might watch a video and I'm sad. It makes me sad and I cry and I'm not upset, but I just connect to emotions so deeply that that emotion and that energy is there and it needs to be expressed and felt. But I don't need to attach a narrative to it of something that's happened. It's just me being in that moment, connecting to my empathy and allowing my emotions to flow. So, this is definitely uh, a step in uh, helping you to anchor into being more present in the moment um, and being more aware of the way in which you connect to your current reality. Um, And finally, the last way you can be more self-aware, and I sort of touched on this in the last point, is consciously calling out old narratives. Uh, What does that look like? It means recognising that when you are having a a connection to an emotion, uh, let's say the sadness I was just talking about, um, recognise that you are not defined by that emotion or that experience, that you are the one experiencing it. And when you can look at it from that lens and and step back for a second, you recognize that all these stories and all these ideas and many of your character traits and your behaviors, they are connected to you and they are part of you, but they do not define the person that you are and the person that you are becoming in that you have the capacity to grow and heal and move in a different way and that's something that I think is so empowering to know and respect who I am as a person but also know that I am not stuck being this person this is not just the way I am and people have to accept it this is who I am right now there's a reason I am the way I am I accept myself fully but I also know that it is within my capacity to be better for myself now, uh, another really important thing to note uh, when looking at self awareness is some of the blockages that can inhibit your ability to develop self awareness or challenge can be a challenge. Um, I know when I was in my mid 20s, I've had anxiety my whole life. This is something I've had since I was really young, and it has grown and morphed and changed as I have grown. Um, and I remember at one of the places I worked at, one of my managers said to me, you are so self-aware. And I thought to myself, oh, I don't know what she's talking about. And she's like, you are just so aware and the way you speak about how you connect with your team and your contribution to the team, you really have this awareness for how you impact other people, but also what you bring to the table. And I'm like, oh, I, I suppose I am. A couple years later, I'm in a therapy session and I'm telling my therapist about it and she's like, okay, so you have high functioning anxiety. And I was like, wait, wait a second. No, I don't. I just have general anxiety. I mean, I get anxious over certain things. I don't really have high functioning anxiety. She's like, the thing about it is with high functioning anxiety, it's not something you will always recognize because the society in which we live is so driven by progress and success. And so someone who's an overachiever is very much applauded, but to what end? And I sat with that and I was like, I hadn't realized that I had built so much of who I am over my constant need to people, please. And it was so, something that was so hidden to me, but was so apparent in my everyday life the way that I would push myself beyond my capacity to ensure that I was seen in a favourable light because I was so worried about what other people think about me. And of course, I had to do a lot of digging into where that came from, how that developed in my childhood or in my uh, teen years and how I can work through that. And it's definitely something I'm still working through. But the thing about having that high function anxiety it was like my self awareness the dial was turned all the way up i was too self conscious i was constantly evaluating myself to no end there was no sense of peace within it because it's always thinking about okay what can i do next what what if this person uh, doesn't like the way i'm doing something okay i can do this and i can do that and it was just this chaos within me so I think it's really important to when you are developing the skill of so- self-awareness is to not blame yourself or to be too hard on yourself because at the end of the day, healing, it's not always pretty. And especially like if you go through a spiritual awakening or you're on a spiritual journey, there is a lot of looking at your shadow self, which we will talk about later, but looking at your unconscious behaviors. And that means that you need to look at and hold yourself, you look at yourself and hold yourself through compassion and self-acceptance because the last thing we want to do is create a space for you to heal and then you're judging yourself. And that is not going to help you in the long run. Um, and it's going to cause you a lot more pain than, than you deserve. Nobody deserves to, to have those layers and layers and layers of pain. So, um, it's really important. Uh, please work with someone, a mental health professional. If you do find yourself being too self-conscious, uh, to help you to dial that down a little bit to a point where you are of an average self-awareness, um, and if we're talking about average self-awareness, we're talking about being able to look at yourself and look at the world with that openness and compassion to be able to understand yourself deeper and not looking down on yourself or not completely ignoring your needs, which I think. If you look at the the turning your dial all the way down on self-awareness, we uh, look at a person or people who have traits of being too comfortable in their lives um, and when presented or maybe they recognize something or someone else recognized something in them, that is causing a disruption in their or someone else's life. Uh, p- that person having that mentality of this is just who I am. I'm not going to change who I am be- and you just need to accept it. And I think this is really a situation where we need to understand that those sorts of people have created that protective layer around them for some reason to protect a narrative within them. And so being open to their perceived flaws is something that can be very triggering for them. So I think on throughout, it's a spectrum really, um, And you can move through self-awareness. You can be really great at at self-awareness in some areas of your life, but really struggle with it in other areas of your life. Um, But hopefully the practices I've shared with you can help you to move through those challenges and working with healers and practitioners and, and professionals who can help you to unravel those layers so that by peeling off and peeling away those protective layers, you are not causing yourself to go into more turmoil than you need. I want to make sure you're all supported. So please take that time and that space to find people you can work with. Uh, So finally, we're going to wrap up with a a bit of understanding self-awareness in practice. What does it do? What does it create? Uh, And how does it become embodied in the way that you live your life? Um, So essentially what uh, self-awareness becomes is this Ability to approach challenges with an open mindset, because you are aware of uh, the way in which you interact with people and people interact with you, you can look at things from a different perspective than what you normally would. And you can also look at other people's perspectives because you begin to learn and to pick up on certain behaviors and traits and uh, the way that other people might frame and see the world and themselves. And then it allows you to work more collaboratively with them. (laughs) The big words, I'm so sorry, I talk so fast. I get so excited and I breeze through these words. Um, But yeah, so it really does uh, help you to, to be more open to flowing with your current environment and working with the elements of your current environment so that you can move through any challenges with ease. Um, another way that, uh, self-awareness gets embodied is, and I mentioned this many times throughout, uh, this episode is that it allows you to live more freely in the moment. And what a beautiful thing that is. I think if we look at, and we talk about inner peace for me personally, that is something that I strive to so much, because I think when you are in a place of peace, you are in a place of complete connection with the divine universal flow. And you have to understand that that divine universal flow is a part of you too. It is not something you subscribe to or opt into. It already flows through you. It is just our capacity to focus on that divine use, universal flow within us and allow it to flow freely. Um, another way that self-awareness becomes practice or is embodied is through the ability for you and I to balance our thinking and feeling. It's really important to be aware of the fact that everyone has different constitutions. Some people are more thinking-based, some people are more feeling-based. I'm sure there's a, a, a lot of different aspects of personalities that differ among people And ultimately, what we want to do is get to a place of balance throughout our complete personality um, and who we are. And so if you're a more thinking-based person, self-awareness can help you to uncover and understand your feelings better so that you can take a bit of the energy that you put into your thinking and shift it so that it goes into honoring your emotions and then you develop a better flow throughout yourself. Embodying self-awareness also helps you to set firmer boundaries in your life. And that's not just with other people, that's with yourself as well. That's when someone presents an opinion or a maybe, let's say, narrative towards you and projects it onto you from their understanding. When you are more self-aware, you can say, hang on a second, I recognize what they are saying. I understand what they are saying but that doesn't mean it necessarily resonates with me. And then therefore your empowerment is in your ability to say, okay, cool. There is a million things out there in this world that I could connect with, but I don't need to connect with them all because at the end of the day, I want to connect with what resonates deeply with me. And so when you are more self-aware, you can look at those sorts of aspects in a different light. That perspective allows you to say to someone, thank you, but no, thank you. (laughs) Which if anyone, if you know me, my favorite word, especially in past couple of years is no. And my brother laughs at this so much because sometimes he'll send me a text and it'll be this long text or it will be, he'll ask me to do something and I'll just reply, no, with a full stop. But it's become a joke, but he also understands for me, someone who has struggled with setting boundaries in the past, that word has taken so much power and precedence in my life because it has told me, especially, and other people, that I no longer have to lean into pleasing other people. And it can seem a bit aggressive because it's such a finality in a word, but also at the end of the day, that is my boundary. That is how I've established setting a boundary. We joke about it though. So it's good that we have that ability to do that. But also I've realized that as I have set that boundary and said, no, that's not for me. That doesn't resonate with me. It has become stronger and stronger, stronger within me. So that now when people try to, let's say, project something onto me, I'm like, no, that's that's not really who I am, and that can be about any facet of my identity. That can be to do with my gender, my sexuality, my race. Um, yeah, there's many other aspects. I'm sure I just blanked out for a second. <laughs> there's many other aspects, uh, and it, this was something also. Like I, I really realized in childhood, growing up uh, to an immigrant family, you really understand the way in which this hybridity in cultural understanding causes you to be self-aware beyond reason sometimes, because sometimes the way that maybe your parents see things can be different towards the, to the society that you grow up in. Um, and that's something you really learn to, to move through because things that might be acceptable in your home, outside of your home, people might not accept as much and vice versa. So I definitely think uh, being more self-aware and boundary setting is one of the greatest skills that you can develop um, because what it does is it harnesses the protective layer around yourself so that as you move through life, you are able to flow more and you spend more time in the present more time feeling into this moment, and you can just enjoy your life better. That is the ultimate goal, I think, to enjoy life and, and to come here to do what we were meant to do, and that's different for everybody. But I think anchoring really into having more of an awareness for who we are is going to help us live to our strengths and evolve throughout through what we perceive as our challenges. Thank you so much for being here in this time and space with me. It is my privilege and honor to share these little bits of of what I've learned in my journey and what I'm continuing to learn. I wish you all the best in your week, on your weekend. I hope you enjoy your day. Thank you for taking a moment to connect with the Sacred Garden. I hope this place has provided you with all the divine nourishment that you currently need. I look forward to meeting you here next time. Many blessings and infinite love.